This is the Utah Epochopalians, a podcast of the Episcopal Diocese of Utah. I'm Craig Wirth of the Diocese, and this podcast is designed to reflect on the Episcopal Church in our unique land of Utah. And today, let's talk about the youth in our church. Let's talk about camp. Let's talk about youth ministry in general. And we want to talk about not just the fun of camp, but let's also take a serious look at what's happening with the youth. We know that the youth isn't exactly breaking down the doors of our church and other churches in general. Our guest today, Karen Gleason of the Diocese, who handles our youth ministry, and Melanie Lees, who is the director of Camp Tuttle, which is that beautiful piece of real estate that the Episcopal Diocese owns in Big Cottonwood Canyon, right up by Brighton. Well, we have a lot to cover today. And Karen, let's start with you. What are some of the things that uh, young people, you have for the young people? You've been working with this issue of, of our youth that has been leaving the church or youth that has been looking for something very relevant in the church. So what is happening? What are some of the things that you are doing in our diocese? Mm. Yeah, I, I believe it's an issue, um, but I, I have to go back a few years and tell you a little bit of uh, where we're going with this. A few years ago, uh, when we went to EYE, we, that, which is a program called Episcopal Youth Event, mm-hmm. um, we went to the one in Philadelphia, and we had a great group of kids there that met a bunch of other kids that were all talking about an event called Happening. And I'm bringing this up because I think this is where it all started with this young group of people that wanted to get other youth involved with spiritual commitment and community building. And that started with this young group of people that started happening. They said, well, we want to do happening here in Utah. So we all went trained and we started our very first one. And the reason why I bring this up is because that became a commitment with these young people that they had to meet for trainings and young leadership tro- programs. So it kept them involved and kept them coming back. And then they brought in their friends as well. So then the group got bigger because of the commitment they had for young leadership training. <clears throat> so it was really cool to sh- see this group grow and grow and grow. And then they became this group that then introduced young our new beginnings. So it started with Happening, which is just for our high school kids. And then they said, well, let's do new beginnings as well. So then they brought in the junior highs. And the cool thing about it is the peers help teach the others. So it's peer groups. So it's all about peer groups, small group discussions, bringing in more kids. So then we were talking with Father Tyler here at St. Mark's, and he was trying to get a program once a month going. And I said, well, let's support this, and we'll get it involved, and we'll bring some of those kids that did happening and new beginnings, and we'll start it at junior high and senior high group. So then we just said, well, let's start something sec- every Monday, or once a month Mondays, second Mondays, and, and we'll, we'll bring these kids together so we can continually to grow. And then the priest is always involved, and they do the small group discussions, the prayers, the singing. So it was a really good program. It's just been a good program to keep the kids together. Do you see peers then as the, the answer? I know when I was a young Episcopalian, we had confirmation. You would go down and there would be a priest would instruct you in uh, Bible lessons, instruct you in ritual of the yeah. church. But you're finding it's, it's coming up from the peers. Yeah, and, and um, this is a good peer pressure. 
right here going on with the kids because they're like, come on, let's go. Let's go have pizza together. Let's be together. But they're also leading the program. But there's always priests involved. There's always adults involved. And uh, it's been really good because they're being invited to do something other than um, whatever the other groups or friends are doing. This is a different positive community building experience. And so people have lasted a couple of years, three yeah. years into it? And more you're... so, more even longer. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's get back to that, but um, we need to talk about camp. Here yeah. it is, finally, good weather. Now, I know it probably at Camp Tuttle, which is at, again at the top of uh, the canyon of Big Cottonwood, I bet there's still a few flakes of snow laying around, but it's hard to believe, but we're almost at camp season. <laughs> And what, um, you know, over the years, camp was something where you made, I don't know, wallets and you made, and you carved little things, carved birds and all that, and, and sang songs and maybe took a canoe out on the lake. Um, and I'm sure you do some of those still fun things, but what are some of the things that you're doing in the year 2019 for today's youth that has changed in, in camp? Um, that maybe over the years and some of the things that, well, you can't change, like sing-alongs or mm -hmm. something, but what have you done to make camp relevant in today's world? Uh, well, one of the things that I did when I came on board 20 years ago was that I looked around and saw those beautiful mountains like you mentioned earlier and said, what can we do to get the kids outside away from video games and their cell phones in order to encourage them to build a community, but also play those mountain sports. So we build a 50-foot climbing wall. We take a mountain biking at solitude. We do all those mountain sports that are so important because if you look around the area, it's like, we gotta take advantage of this. Can we hike to Six Lakes with the high school kids? We sure can, let's do it. <laughs> and sometimes they don't like it, but sometimes they do, and then they get an appreciation of nature and the environment. How do you keep religion in it? I mean, this is an Episcopal camp, and I know you certainly are open to all denominations or uh, kids that haven't affiliated with any. But what do you do to put the uh, at least the teachings and the virtues of religion into the camp? Uh, one of the most important things we do is we invite one of the clergy from downtown and the parishes to come up each week and each evening we go to the chapel, sing some great songs, get a little rowdy in the chapel, but then we also talk about Bible stories. Um, we teach them, one of our themes this year is simple gifts. And each day we take an idea and the priest um, finds a story in the Bible that's related to that idea and then the kids do a play about that Bible story and then we continue to teach also the Episcopal tradition, and that's very important to us. I can't go much further than, I, I keep forgetting um, that you are really Mama Java to camp kids. And I know, Karen, you're shine, and I've been very neglectful in, in talking about youth ministry without using your names. I have no idea what name I would have had at camp. <laughs> other than old guy, but um, I, I would imagine that this is all part of it. Everything is calculated. I mean, not that you're, you're, you have an agenda that's calculated to it, but it's, it's a way that camp is separated, isn't it, from what they normally do for nine, ten months of a year, that this is, yeah. this is like the, a little bit like the old days where you would head out to camp and you got a name 
Uh, should I ask how you got Mama Java? Um, yeah, probably. I don't. It was 20 years ago that I retained that name. So I think the kids realized how much I like my coffee, and it started to be Java. And then now they call me Mama, and they've always called me Mama. So I had one person coming around, and they were looking at camp. And everybody was saying, hi, Mama, hi, Mama. And the guy looked at me and said, you have a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> so that was an interesting. I'm like, yeah, these are all my kids. That's yeah, for sure. well, I guess I would have been great-grandpa, old man, and <laughs> yeah. Shine. Um, I just have to ask, how did that come up? Oh, well, that I think that was kind of a nickname when I was a little girl, oh. uh, Shining Star. And then we just um, kind of abbreviated it to Shine, so... I try to fit that shine. <laughs> Names typically of them. Yeah. Now, one thing that you've done in camp is that you've incorporated um, age groups that I wouldn't have guessed you do. You know, I mean, you always think of camp as something maybe from when you're in uh, old, 12 years old and up or something. But you, you take families and, as I understand, almost infants. Uh, this is a life experience. Yeah, they come to family camp. Um, our family camp has grown unbelievably. We have to turn people away because people sign up and there's not enough room at camp. But we have babies to grandparents, and it's so neat to see that inner relationship. And then during that week in the community, growing to to show that love of camp and the love of the people there. Why is it so important that you're in the mountains that you're teaching what you're teaching, that that can't just be done in a um, parish hall or in a youth group meeting upstairs in a church. What is it about being in nature that you see a transformation in these kids? Um, I think part of it is stepping away from the technology. And I know we're on a podcast now, so that's a little bit <laughs> ironic, but I think it is Getting out of your comfort zone, nowadays kids don't really do that very often. And so when they get out of their comfort zone and make true friendships that last a lifetime in that community that we build, that's what's different than being at a parish. And they spend the night there. And that's um, a lot of overnight camps are not doing that as much anymore. But we are so lucky because we have built that community and they keep coming back and coming back year after year. And that's very special to us. Wait a minute. You mean no cell phones? <laughs> no cell phones. No cell phones. No <laughs> video games? No video games. Is that a, I mean, I know that sounds kind of humorous that I say that, but is that part of that's vital to you in what camp is that you, you, you check that phone at the door? Yeah, and the parents actually mostly like it. Um, you know, now, nowadays some camps are going like, okay, you can have your cell phone on Tuesday afternoon and call your folks because we are so dependent on that communication between parent and child. So we're kind of looking at a balance there of how can we make it so the parents feel safe, the kids feel safe, but they also, the cell phones don't distract from the community we're building that week. Now, camp, let's just put in a little plug for when camp is this year and some of the different camps that you have. And then I want to get back to you, Shine, on, um, on a few things. Um, but let's just talk a little bit about what you have for camp coming up, um, some of the uh, weeks that you will have. Um, 
and what will make these various camps special? What are some of the things you have? We have a mini camp for third and fourth grade. That's the last week of June, June 23rd through the 26th. And then it goes down to five and sixth grade camp, seventh and eighth grade camp. And all this is online at camptotal.org if you want to look out the spe specific dates. July 21st and the 26th is our big high school adventure camp. And what we do with these kids, because they've been coming to camp for so long, we take them on a river trip and also we take them over to Park City and we bike from Park City to Wanship. So, Craig, you're going to have to come on and join us for that one. <laughs> <laughs> and I need a nickname. <laughs> you gotta, I, I can't well, we go there. Come up with one. <laughs> I know, but one that we could say on the podcast. Uh, we'll, put, we'll put Craig on a bike and see how long he lasts. It's an eight-mile, ten-mile ride down to Wancha, but it's pretty much all downhill, so that's good news. For me, it would be downhill. <laughs> it would be in that first ten feet, and then it would be down. And then August twenty. August 2nd to the 4th is family camp. And that one, sign up fast because that goes fast. <laughs> well, this is the Utah Podcapalians, the podcast of the Diocese of Utah. And we're having a great time talking about youth this time. We're talking about camp, which, of course, is so important in the summer. We're talking about some youth programs. And we're going to get into a little more serious discussion about youth who are leaving the church um, and youth that we are retaining in the church and a couple things and and maybe in that guys one thing that i think has become so important in in um, what parents think about when they send their kids to camp and that is uh, safety not just safety that they're not going to get bruised or stung by a bee which i guess that happens but that they're going to be safe in all those areas that I think today in our world that we worry about. Um, I know you go through a tremendous effort in vetting counselors. You go through some very, very strict rules. Um, how important is safety today in both emotional, mental, and physical safety? Well, I just noticed um, every, before every camp we have this, um, we talk about the three R's. It's respect, recreation, um, um, responsibility. responsibility. And so, um, and that's the biggest thing where we open it up to the kids knowing how it's so important to be in their safe space um, and that they can talk and feel loved and safe and no matter what, we'll, we're there to take care of them. And that's instilled with every camp and even our counselors. Um, so they're always knowing that they feel feel safe emotionally and they can change and challenge themselves to do new things and know they'll be okay as well. We go through a stringent, stringent background check for all my counselors and the church worker conduct training which is very important just to set up those healthy boundaries. And, and that's something that I know probably 30, 40 years ago we wouldn't even been talking about but I'm sure that's one of the first questions that a parent or a guardian has when uh, he or she is sending a child to your care in the mountains. I mean, I'm sure once in a while there's a few scrapes and a few little uh, no bee stings. <laughs> and uh, I know you see some moose, but you've been very good about no moose encounters <laughs> from more than 50 feet away. Uh, and and I know you're you're very safe there on it. Um, you also invite that you don't just have to be like the most profoundly religious person to go to your camp, do you? No, we uh, allow all different religions to come to camp, and it's most important for me to show the love of God and 
teach these kids that it's okay to get out of your comfort zones, but also be in a safe place and learn some things about yourself and the other people around you. Teaching these values is uh, a fundamental part of uh, religion, fundamental part of just um, teaching values. And I know, Shine, um, I have before me all kinds of studies, and you've seen them too, mm -hmm. that uh, we know millennials aren't exactly breaking down our doors. And we know that um, some of the youth uh, come through with their 12, their 13, their 14, a lot of times under mm -hmm. uh, peer uh, um, instruction, mm -hmm. parental. And you find it important that they maintain this? Uh, is one of your goals to see that kids remain active or at least be conscious of the values and the virtues? Uh, in other words, why do we put so much emphasis in youth ministry uh, in our church? Well, that's the thing is the kids go through the whole um, Sunday school and through church. You hope they get that all through there. But then what happens when they're in junior high, senior high? Um, so my goal is to still keep them involved in having fun and active and still talk about God in a comfortable space. Uh, and hopefully they... they they continue with the community building and love and respect for each other and that they'll carry it on going forward. Um, for me, I have them up until they're senior high. So I have them up till they're 18 years old. Um, and it's wonderful having them, but I have my, some of my kids graduating this year going, well, what's gonna happen next year? Um, the good thing is, is with these programs I did mention with Happening and New Beginnings, they can still stay in our system for a few more years, um, being youth leadership programs, but then thankfully we bring them on to counselors as well. Um, but that is something that is another area that would be nice to have supported is the um, young adults, kids that are in college. Um, but I also wanted to mention, um, you were talking about um, feel feeling safe. Yes. Uh, I was talking to my group of youth at our uh, at uh, delegates, our youth delegates, and we had these conversation pieces of these cards we were talking about, and it was just really interesting to see how much these um, retreats and camp have impacted their lives. Um, one of the questions is, where do you talk about God, and who do you talk about it with? And the answer back was, well, at camp, and a, and, and a retreat. And I think it's because you were saying they spend the week. They spend a whole week together in this atmosphere, feeling safe and around people that love them. And we talk about God and we pray for every meal. And we pray in the morning, we pray at night and they're comfortable. And like some of these people, that's not part of their, it might not be part of their daily lives. So I think it becomes pretty special to them and empowering that they're outdoors in nature. And sometimes, you know, not outdoors, but in, in retreats, but being safe and comfortable being able to talk about God because everybody, it's okay to talk where they're at at that point in their lives. They feel comfortable talking about it. Boy, this is going to be a hard question, I know, for you, but what does a person in sixth grade, mm -hmm. what is God to them? I mean, what is in mm. these concepts that you mm. you see these kids? And, and and I know, in fairness, I didn't ask you, I didn't say yeah. I was going to talk about that, but it just yeah. just occurred to me, who is God? Or what is God yeah. to a, a kid in sixth grade, perhaps one that at home doesn't have all that right. um, religious instruction, 
probably hasn't read the Bible. I mean, very few people of youth have read the Bible or understand even the ritual of the Episcopal Church. So let me put you on the spot. The thing that my mom always told and taught us when we were children was God is love and love is God. And that's what we try to tell them at camp and show them how to be respectful and responsible for your own behavior and also realize love is very important and powerful. It's interesting that a lot of parents aren't going to church or maybe drop off kids. And, and a lot of parents will say to me, I want my child to have religious education or a religious background, um, and they're not getting that perhaps at home. Do you find that, and, and what do you do about that? And maybe you can answer, mm -hmm. what do you see as the kids in the happenings or mm -hmm. new beginnings and all that? Talk about that concept of God mm -hmm. that, uh, believe me, uh, there are priests with 30 years experience that couldn't right. answer that question in a sentence. Yeah. So I'm asking you in a sentence right. to answer it. <laughs> okay, well, I, um, the interesting thing is one of our last happening retreat, uh, the priest went around and says, I want you to draw a picture of who Jesus is to you. And it was quite interesting. And, and she basically went through the details as who, who does that look like to you? And does it have a beard? And, and these were kids now um, coming from junior high mm -hmm. and moving into high school. And at this point, these kids had already known that Jesus does not have to have the beard, and, an, and, it, and it is in with all of us. So these kids were getting that. Wow. So they were saying they knew that it didn't have to be that figure that we see in all the pictures. So these are kids that are actually pretty in tune to knowing that, you know, Jesus is, um, can be within any one of us. And so I was pretty impressed with that. That is impressive. Yeah. And yeah. I know um, the bishop of the Episcopal Church of Utah, uh, Scott Hayashi, is one that always says and emphasizes that everyone is in the image of God. Mm -hmm. And and I don't think he goes three days without having to mm -hmm. given that in a sermon. It's very important to him that we understand that. And as we as we start to talk about wrapping this up, and by the way, Karen Gleason, Melanie Lees are our guests today. I'm Craig Worth of the diocese. But um, is that something that you, you find that's important in your education, that we see this diverse group of people in front of you, people of all races, of, of various religions, that it's so important that they see God perhaps different than maybe uh, some of us did as children when we saw God as a painting mm -hmm. from the uh, Middle Ages or we saw Jesus in that traditional white robe and a beard and all that, that we see this image of God is not necessarily male or female, that mm -hmm. it's, it's a concept. Is that something that you're seeing? And do you find that important that you impart that, that, that who Jesus is, who God is to these folks? Mm -hmm. And, and it is different to everybody. You're right. Um, but the point is um, we do talk about where they do see that. And so it is an open conversation, which I uh, really like to hear from the kids because they know it's real and they know it's love, like we talk about at camp. Um, and it can take different forms. Jesus can take different forms. And they realize that it is in within us and where we might see it. And also at camp, we also talk about the nature and where God is at nature. So we also bring that out with them. And they totally feel that at camp, even more placed than anywhere, I think. Uh, we had our last discussion at our Go Monday. They said, 
camp was the most uh, spiritual place and the most connected place and the most they feel closest with God. Really? Yeah. These were kids that are, when they took the pledge, that they took um, uh, Michael Curry's pledge. Now, tell me what that was again, that pledge. Oh, sorry. So they took an environmental pledge sure. um, th to stand up and, you know, make take care of God's creation. And uh, one of the discussions was, where do you feel the most calm and peaceful and connected to God? And these kids, it was you would have cried, I know. <laughs> it was very special because these kids had all said camp was their most special place that they go to, that they can feel most connected. So that was really heartwarming for me to hear that. And we make church fun. That's always fun. <laughs> that makes a big difference. <laughs> when a, when a, a child leaves camp and is walking away and they've gotten over that missing home, they've gotten over homesickness, <laughs> they maybe have gotten over that bee sting, <laughs> they may have, have, have a couple band-aids on that they didn't have when they started, but when they walk and they say, Mama Java, this is what camp was to me, what is it you hope that they're going to tell you? What is it, some of the things that you hear that you, you that makes you know this was worth the hard work? And by the way, I know you work so much in the summer and you work in the winter too. And I gotta say that in order to keep camp safe, fun and everything else, what is the, you wanna hear that kid tell you when he or she walks away and goes through that, gate uh, with perhaps in tow with somebody who has come to pick that child up. What do you hope that child is either thinking or has told you? I want to go back next year, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important thing. But also, why, is, why do they want to come back? Because they feel that special place. And we feel it. And I think that kind of reflects our love of camp, reflects very um, importantly to the kids that come to camp. And you're right, I don't sleep much at night when camp's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Should I just ask you in, a, in a 30 seconds, what is the most bizarre event? I mean, is that possible to say whether it's a moose or whether it's a, you know, what, what is the one thing you go, oh my gosh? Well, the one year we have this place called Monkey Rock and it's just a rock that kids like to climb on. There's a platform there and we had to, changed our whole schedule because there was a mama moose and two baby moose right under monkey rock and they weren't going anywhere they were sleeping and so we changed the whole schedule because we couldn't get to the ropes course and we're like hey it's their place too you know it's not we're not going to move them or scare them so we just changed the schedule, and the kids were like, "What? What's going on?" But oh, you couldn't tell them. You couldn't because you didn't want them to go down and look. Exactly. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't want to say, "Go down and pet the moose." Yeah. No, no, not a good idea. We just said, "Oh, we decided to change it up. Keep you, keep you guessing." <laughs> and and shine, otherwise known as Karen. Um, what are some of the most poignant things you've heard, or you hope when you've had a go Monday? or a new beginning, then I know you come to staff meeting and there are tears in your eyes when you are talking about what these kids saw. In, it's sort of what they felt that, that um, what, what do you hope that they come over? What are some of the things that you oh, have heard man. from these kids that has caused you to have those mm -hmm. tears in your eyes when you report on what went oh. on? <laughs> okay, I'll not cry then. No, so, um, <laughs> Well, I think the biggest thing that I really enjoy is seeing these kids come for their first time 
and feeling awkward and shy and not knowing if this is the best thing. You know, they're like, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to go. You know, and mom's like, yes, you can go. And by the time they leave, they have made such tight friendships. And so with all their conversations they've had within their peer groups that they've, they've connected so well um, that they don't want to leave. And then they look forward and that's how they get hooked. They come back at every time because they want to be together. And we just become so tight and supportive of each other that um, it's very meaningful for all of us, so. And I know we're almost out of time, but I gotta ask one more time. Um, I've looked at all these studies. They're all very pessimistic about the future of youth in our church. Do you feel, you feel differently? Are you encouraged? Oh, I'm impressed. These kids are gonna be on fire. They're so intellectual and they're so smart and they have, they've got a burning desire to change and make things better. And one of the most important ministries we have is people come through the program of camp as a camper and then become a camp counselor in training and then they become a counselor and we have people coming back and that's an important ministry that has developed through camp. So college kids are leading high school kids and high school kids are leading junior high kids mm -hmm. and it's a great ministry that we're so happy to be a part of. For more information, go to camptuttle.org. That's right. Or you can go to www.episcopal-ut.org. Mm -hmm. And if you can spell Episcopal, you're halfway there. This has been the Utah Podcopalians, a podcast of the Diocese of Utah. What's so funny about that? that sounds it great. It took me years to spell it. <laughs> Designed much less follow it. <laughs> much less say it. Much less say it. And we're designed to reflect on the Episcopal Church in our unique land of Utah. I'm Craig Wirth from the Diocese of Utah.